0: We would like to entitle our remarks tonight, Our Great Defender. Our Great Defender. And that's a lot of what Psalm ninety-four is all about is about that we can look to the Lord always as our rock, our refuge, our our help, and then mainly our our defense. I think that one of the things that the Lord Jesus takes so personally in regards to being the great defender of His people, is that when He was upon the earth and He was a man Himself and His times of great trial and great difficulty, it is amazing to me that nobody came to His defense. Of course, part of that was the will and the mind of God working out the salvation of His people, Christ was left in that helpless position that he might uh, be crucified in weakness, but hallelujah, raised in power. Amen. But because he knows what that feels like tonight, he knows what it feels. Have you ever felt that way, beloved? Have you ever felt helpless? Have you ever felt weak? Have you ever felt like The walls were closing in around you, maybe Uh, sometimes at school, when the stress of tests, exams, uh, you know, all the decisions of life. I'm talking about for younger people. Then, like Sister Ava said, as you get older, I'm I'm beginning to learn that uh, one of the most difficult things about life is getting older. That it takes uh, so much uh, at the end to just make it uh, to the end uh, in the strength of the Lord. Maybe you've felt that uh, being afflicted by the devil. Like remember when Christian had to battle Apollyon there in the heat of the day. And the, the battle was almost lost till great heart came and drove Apollyon away for Christian. Have you felt that way? Have you felt to be in those dire straits and in those moments like saints of old would write about being in a lion's den, being in a fiery furnace, being uh, in the wilderness pursued by someone that, that hated you? Hallelujah tonight that we have a defender that we can turn to that takes it upon himself personally to bear that title for us. And because he was left in that defenseless place, he had no one to come to his aid. How wonderful that in his heart, uh, it says about him that he that keepeth Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Hallelujah. We have a watchman on our walls that is always on guard for, for our lives ever looking uh, for our eternal good uh, like I said, lest our, our foot should dash upon a stone like it said uh, about Him how wonderful tonight that we have a defender, the people of God and He is a great defender, the Lord Jesus Christ so let's just look at that verse in Psalm 94 as we begin our thoughts tonight Psalm 94, verse 22. The psalmist would write, But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. I like that he doesn't say my bank account is my defense, or my own skill, reputation, or strength is my defense. It's not uh, the king of our nation is my defense, or our armies are our defense, or our weapons are, or our defense. But no, he he goes to the greatest defender of all. He said, it's the Lord that is my defense. I know that this means so much to me personally in my life as a man of God because men of God always have targets on their back. Uh, everybody likes to take shots at, at men of God. Even uh, sometimes uh, people just... Uh, want to just blame you for things that you have no control over. It's not in any way uh, something that, that you can uh, do anything about to make better or or worse. But I know there have been especially two specific times in my life that I just felt so powerless. I felt so helpless, so hopeless to be able to defend myself against things that were happening, things that that people were saying, and to see God come and put a hedge about me, to uh, put me in that hiding place, to wrap His arms around me and and take the blows that my heart uh, and mind couldn't endure. I, I praise Him. I thank Him that, like uh, Paul said, he said, said, at my first stand, he said, no one stood with me. He said, but the Lord stood with me. Hallelujah. But the Lord, say that in your own heart tonight. To whatever is trying to assail you, it might just be fears. It might be weariness of body. It might be physical things. It might be spiritual things, That family things, church things. The Lord, Lord, you're my defense. Let me get up into you. The Lord, he said, is a strong tower. The righteous run, in, run into it and are safe. God, you're the rock of my refuge. Let's just look at uh, some other scriptures. I want you to just turn with me. We're not going to go to a lot of scriptures tonight, but I want to go to a few. Let's go to Job chapter 22. I ask you tonight, did Job need a defender? Yeah. Did Job need someone to take his part, to help him through the troubles and trials of his life? And you remember that his own friends that came to supposedly help him does anybody remember what job called them miserable. yeah he said they're miserable comforters all and here just is there's they're speaking about god and here in job 22 if you've turned there just highlight verse 25 that you know we believe that job actually the the message of job is the earliest of all of scripture so how wonderful even in these early, early times, people already had a view of God in this way. And here, God is called the Almighty. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense. That just, that just blesses my heart tonight to just, to just read that. The Almighty is my defense. Also, the book of Numbers. Let's go back into that ancient text, we know that as Israel marched through the wilderness and as they would go through the land of Canaan, they were constantly surrounded by people who wanted to destroy them, people who wanted to wipe them off the face of the earth. As a matter of fact, if you study much about history and you know anything about modern times, uh, there are people that still want to do that. To the nation of Israel they would just like to nuke them to just remove them off of the face of the earth but here in numbers chapter 14 if you've turned that there just let this be spoken over your life over your family over your situations don't try to deliver yourself don't look for deliverance uh, to come from uh, another place but like the psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes and to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Here in Numbers chapter 14, are you there with me? Verse 9, only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Oh, remember when they came to that first city, Jericho. They said that it looked like the walls of Jericho went all the way up into the heavens. But God's people, we know that Joshua was on that hillside at at night and the angel of the Lord of hosts, probably a uh, pre-incarnate Christ came and said, "I'm with you. I, I've come as the captain of the Lord of Hosts. I'm going to help you fight the battle." Joshua was already on go, but but uh, no doubt that that uh, just encouraged him so much that the Lord was there, was going to be with there. And what happened to those walls of Jericho? Did they did they shoot any arrows against it? Did they launch any catapults against it? No, just a mighty shout. And they just walked in and took the city. Hallelujah. He said their defense, that's what he's talking about. Their defense will depart from them, but the Lord will never depart from us. This is something that as a child of God that, that you will always have in this life and that you'll have even in the life to come. Let's go to one more before we kind of dive into our points, if you will. Isaiah 19. Because... It's the Word of God that we read and understand that really uh gives strength to our faith and to and to our minds. We can really wrap our souls around scripture, and that's why any good preaching is always rooted in the the Word of God. I love what they said about John Bunyan, the writer of Pilgrim's Progress, Brother Bobby, you remember what they said about John Bunyan they said um if you cut John Bunyan, Bible verses would come out of his veins. <laughs> they said his blood was biblene because in all of his writings were just saturated, you know, with the Word of God. Here in Isaiah 19, if you've turned there, love this as well. Uh, and it shall, verse 20, Isaiah 19, 20. Oh, so when the devil comes against you or... Or when life is closing in on y'all, y'all save these notes from this message. Highlight these places in your Bible and, and, and go through and go to them and build yourself up in the most holy faith and the Word of God and what God has said. And let God be true and every man a liar. And it shall be for a sign and for a witness unto the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. For they shall cry unto the Lord because of their oppressors. And He shall send them a Savior and a great one. And He shall deliver them. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, beloved, is is someone, is something coming against you in your life? Is it the devil himself? Well, you can say, in the Lord's name. We can rebuke him in the Lord's name. As the angels of old did. In the Lord's name I rebuke you. Oh, if, if people are oppressing you, take that and cry out to Jesus. He'll come to the rescue, beloved. He loves to defend His people. Amen? So no wonder in our text, in our psalm of the defense of Israel, the psalmist, as he's talk, looking at all these situations that just in his mind just aren't right, just aren't the way that they're supposed to be and how the wicked... Are just constantly coming, like Sister Vicky uh, said tonight. I mean, they're coming against country music singers now. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's let's say, uh, I mean, country music's better than a lot of music, but it doesn't have, a, you know, a pristine holiness about it. But even though wicked can't even stand what good there's left in that, they want to drive and stamp it out. But the psalmist said, "But the Lord is our defense." The Lord is our defense. So, question, first question tonight for us to consider. Why does He defend us? Why does He need uh, to defend us tonight? Beloved, I ask you, do you have any enemies out there? What about the devil? You know, the Bible, Peter describes the devil, that he's walking about, he's searching, he's Roaming. I don't know if you've ever watched like uh National Geographic things that they've done about lions, but lions scare me to death. That's amazing when you think about Samson, that Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. Because and, and to see that the how when lions are hungry, how that they're on the prowl, that just their glare, their look, that they're ready to pounce, they're ready to devour. And Satan is described as this infatigable enemy that is hunting us, that wants to sink his teeth and his claws into us. He's just looking for any way where we'll slip or leave the protection of the Lord so that he can pounce. Aren't you glad we've got one to defend against that enemy? Yes. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That first great enemy, the devil. But then as we've talked about tonight, the world hates the church. The world hates us. Hates what we stand for. Hates uh, our message. And yet, we're called to be the lights in it. We're called to be messengers to it. We're called to even love uh, uh, the enemies uh, that are that are out there. We have spiritual. Enemies. It's It talks about in high places. And then our own flesh. Right? This trinity of enemies. The devil. The world. And then our own flesh. Like Brother Nate, I can't get the picture out of my mind of him thinking about just carrying a dead corpse around on his back all the time. But that's really the, the way that it is. I remember Brother Andy describing it in some of his messages like, you have this house and, and there's just this enemy that's in the house all the time trying to destroy things, trying to get in places where that he shouldn't be, trying to rule over the house. Well, beloved, we need defending is one of the reasons why that the Lord defends us because we have many enemies. But I'm glad that they're my enemies and that Jesus is my friend. Can I get an Amen tonight because uh, why does he need to defend us why does he defend us because if he did not beloved would not the troubles of this life would they not destroy us I believe that they would and that's why we see people committing suicide we see people turning to drugs to alcohol Uh, especially like brother Nate said this last weekend that that sin is just the default of the human race, right? We run to sin when we should run away from sin and to God. The troubles of this life, think about in the times when you had to bury people that you love, when you face financial tragedy, when you face news that you you've got cancer or somebody that you love has has cancer, you see uh, trouble in the world, tr- trouble, maybe financial troubles, what would you have done if the Lord had not been there to hold you up? I tell you, beloved, we would have been of all men most miserable because man is just a few days. The Scripture says "And full of what? He's full of troubles. But God is there in all of our troubles to defend us, to up. Uh, hold us to help us like he said his hand of mercy was there right he said that earlier in uh psalm 94 when i said unless the lord had been my help my soul had almost dwelt in silence when i said my foot slippeth thy mercy O lord it helped me up remember we had the nursing home and we encouraged them with the unseen hand hallelujah but it's not unfelt is it it's not unfelt why does he defend us because if He didn't, the troubles of this life would destroy us, beloved. But most importantly, why does He defend us? Because He loves us. He loves us. And He's our great shepherd. And we're His flock. We're His sheep. He'll even leave the ninety and nine and go and rescue that one that has gone astray. Hallelujah. Because we were all that one that had gone astray. That He brought back to the Fold and no matter what it cost him, it cost him his life. He laid it down in defense of his bride, of his flock, of his sheep. Hallelujah! So that's why he defends us. But how does he defend us? How does he defend us? Because we know we're upon earth and he's in heaven, right? So, how. We know how He could do it when He was on, on the earth, but how does He defend us now? One of the great ways that He defends us is through the Word of God. Did you know that? The Word of God is called the sword of the Spirit, right? That's why it's so important for us to saturate our minds and hearts with the Word of God. Beloved, pack the Bible in your heart. Read it. Meditate upon it. Memorize it. It is a great defense that God has given and part of the ways that He protects His people as we obey God, as we follow the commands of Scripture, there's a great safety net. There's a great protection around our lives. It's when we go outside of that. It's when we disobey that that we find ourselves in danger and on the brink of destruction, right? And so how precious is this that that we have and that great shield of faith that He has equipped us with where which we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Yes, He defends us through the Word of God. I believe He defends us also through the church and through His holy angels. That's that's always blessed me my whole life to think about the angels. Now, I don't believe it's like it's a wonderful life And don't get me wrong, I love It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it every year. But I don't believe we have Clarences out there, you know, that are kind of bumbling, stumbling, trying to get their wings, trying to help us figure things out, right? We know that's kind of Hollywood to make a movie. But I know when Jacob, y'all remember Jacob? When he came back from running away from Laban, and he was about to face his brother Esau who was coming at him with all these armed men. He met somebody. He said we're the Mahanim. We're the, we're the angelic host. And they said we're going to be before you Jacob. And we're going to be behind you. Uh, the, and he says that uh, God's angels right? They encamp about them that Fear Him, there might even be angels in here with us tonight, caring for us. Beloved, I'm not ashamed to say this. Sometimes when I'm driving to work and I feel the oppression of the devil or of of wickedness or evil, I ask the Lord Jesus, I ask the Lord, Lord, if you have angels around me right now, would you empower them to drive uh, whatever this is that is, uh, is, is trying to uh, sway me, that's trying to distract me, Lord, use them to drive them away. Almost always I feel uh, deliverance. Even the Lord Jesus had angels that came and ministered to Him in His life. Does that? Does that rejoice? Does that make you rejoice? If one angel could sl- slay the whole army of of the Assyrians, how how mighty is that? That we have that on our side, but also the church, our brothers and sisters. Oh, there's such safety in in uh, in the body of Christ uh, to uh, for our accountability, for our in- encouragement, uh, uh, to be able to watch over one another, all those one another verses that we have, there's great safety. God defends us by putting us with a band of brothers and sisters that we lock arms with as we walk through this life. Hallelujah. Uh, We read the story of Pilgrim's Progress. He had Faithful with him. When Faithful uh, died in martyrdom, Hopeful also came alongside, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's so beautiful. So He defends us through the Word of God. He defends us with the, with His church and with angels. But, beloved, He also defends us personally as our husband and as our father. We know that this is true from the Scriptures. We think about the three Hebrew children, right? And we love what they said. They said, uh, King, we're not careful to answer you. Uh, God's able to deliver us from this fire. But if he, does, if he does or if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to it anyway. So he said, make it hotter than it's ever been before, right? Even the men that cast them in, if you read the story, they perished from the heat of the fire. Right. But there they were walking in the midst of the fiery furnace. The only thing that they were losing were the bands that were holding them back. The king said, I looked in there, did we not cast three? But I see four, and one looks like who? Son of God. said they came out of that fire, and their clothes did not even smell like smoke. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. How, How God shut the mouth. Of those lines and and on and on and on. David, David, all through the Psalms. This is the last time in the Psalms that the Psalms mention where we're at. God being the defense of his people. But from about Psalm 2 on, oh, just about every third or fourth Psalm has something in it about God being the defense. The Lord being our defense. We know David knew this when he faced Goliath when he dwelt in in the wilderness in those caves and Saul was right on top of him, how the Lord just delivered him right in the nick of time, every time. Aren't you glad that if all else fails, the Lord Himself will never fail in your life? And that's how He defends us. When When does He defend us? When does, does he defend us? Can we in some ways defend ourselves? Sure, God's given us strength, ability to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. He even tells us if they persecute you in one city, what does he tell you to do? Flee to the other city, right? But when does God defend us? Beloved, he defends you when no one else dares. When no one else dares defend you, when no one else can, when no one else will, go with me in your mind's eye and the Gospels and see that woman caught in the middle of her adultery and put yourself there. That's me. That's you and our sin. And everybody else had the stones ready to throw them and smite them and kill them. I mean, people in this world, Drew, they'll stand on your shoulders when you're in quicksand to try to make you sink faster. There's Jesus with the hand up. With the hand up. Not the hand out. But the hand up. And he there and he defends that woman. And he says, if you're guilty, cast the first stone. And they all walk away and drop their stones. And it's just her and Jesus. And she, he says, where are thine accusers? Where are thine accusers? Who can condemn? It's Christ that died. Right? our defender her defender she said there's none Lord he said I don't condemn you either now does that mean Jesus didn't think what she was doing was wrong no but it was forgiven and he said go thy way and sin no more the two great doctrines of uh, sanctification and justification mingled in one sentence hallelujah hallelujah Think about the wild gathering, right? No one would touch him. Gigi, you had a wild Gadareean that you tried to teach and help last year, right? You said, I need somebody to defend me against him. But then this man was out of his mind. He possessed, right? He wouldn't even keep his clothes on. They had to chain him in the graveyard. What a miserable existence. Probably the kids... You know, walk around just this guy. And then Jesus. He meets Jesus one time. and puts him in his right mind. Fully clothed, sitting at Jesus' feet. He becomes evangelist for the Lord uh, to the Gentiles. That's when he defends you. When no one else dares. When no one else can. When no one else will. Beloved, constantly, daily, eternally, He's on guard for us. We already quoted that scripture. He that, uh, write this one down. I don't have time to go to it. Psalm 121, 4 and 3. Forget that. I'm taking time to go to it. Psalm 121. Uh, I'd want to read both of these. Oh, let this this stir you. Maybe sometimes the devil gets you think, Nobody cares about me. Uh, nobody, uh, nobody's in my corner. Nobody's on my side. It's just not true, beloved. May God do for you like He did Elisha's servant. Remember when they were surrounded? And Elijah comes out and says, Oh, all them soldiers, no problem. The servant said, These guys are going to destroy us. They're going to kill us. Talk about an eye-opening experience, right? He said, open his eyes. Open his eyes, Lord. And he looked up and around the mountains, what did he see? The horsemen and the chariots of God all around the mountain. Oh, if we could see it, beloved, here. If we could know it. Psalm 121, 3 and 4. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. There's your great defender tonight. The Lord is your defense. But I want to talk about that moment when we're going to need Him the most, Mama. We need Him in this life. But what about when we stand in the judgment? What about when this life is over? What are you going to take with you? Diplomas? Receipts where you did something good for somebody? A baptismal certificate to present at the great tribunal? As you feel the heat of the abyss of hell and know that you and I deserve to be thrown headlong in the deepest part. Yeah? Yeah? you're glad we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous that's where it'll mean the most to us that he'll stand with his people and he'll say Lord their sins have been washed whiter than snow my blood has covered them you cannot cast them away because they belong to me I bought them with my blood and I defended them. And the Lord said, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom, prepare from the foundation of the world. None can say anything. No one can accuse them. No one can bring up anything bad that they did or thought in this life. For they are clean forever by the blood. Of the great defender. Lastly, as we close in two minutes, can we also be defenders? Is it only the Lord that does all the defending? No. Remember the devout men that carried Stephen to his burial? Do you remember that, Daddy? How that Stephen had been martyred, but then it said devout men carried Stephen to his burial. You remember our apostles? Who were beaten and said, you won't speak in the name of Jesus Christ. That they rejoiced, that they had been counted worthy to suffer for for, uh, preaching the gospel. For love of Christ, they said, we will obey God rather than men. Paul said, I am set for the defense of the gospel. We must be defenders of the faith. We must speak the truth in love to ourselves first the culture around us we must be defenders of the faith we must be defenders of one another you need to have your brothers and sisters back I'll never forget in one of the fiercest trials of my life sister Tammy took off work she came and she stood in my defense brother Jeff came took off work had people calling him all day long where are you at where are you at was at his brother's side. He stood in my defense. Brother Andy came and stood in my defense as my fellow laborer in the gospel. True friends. True friends. Defenders of their friend and pastor that they, they knew people were telling lies about. Trying to destroy and bring down good men. But I had friends. I had defenders but I had the great defender, most of all. Defend God's family. And then also, we are to defend the helpless. Beloved, we are to defend them. The scripture tells us to do that. And much more, as Brother Jeff said, could be said about that. But we're going to close tonight where we began, in the word of God. Hearing the word of God speak to us and just stamp These thoughts in our spirit, in our mind, that they might not. Remember how I said that when the seed was cast in the parable of the sower, that some fell on stony ground, that some uh, fell and, and the birds came and stole it away, right? Let's not let the Word of God and these truths just be a momentary thing that we felt and then passed, but let it be something cemented in our hearts. Yes, here it is, the stamp, Zechariah, chapter 12, and verse 8. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. And the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. May the Lord bless you and keep you, always defend you, is our prayer.